gets colder My eyes go thin as I get older Piece in pieces, bloody and bruised I feel so helpless and confused Cause I hear screaming on the left, yelling on the right I'm sitting in the middle trying to live my life Good afternoon. This is Evelyn Pringle. Welcome to Trish and Evie's Focus on the Facts. Today, we will be, again, talking about the Global Pedophile Network and taking it down. And today, we have Reverend Kevin Annette, a real hero in this battle against the Global Pedophile Network. He is the hero behind the, taking down all the religious pedophiles. And... Um, Today, he, he is going to cover the latest of uh, what is going on there at the Vatican and, and all of the um, information around it, and, and there's some pretty heavy stuff going on. And so I'll bring Trish on now, and we'll get started with the show, because we've got so much to cover. Welcome to the show, Trish. Hi, Evelyn. Great to be back. I'm really looking forward to hearing from Kevin. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Come on on, Kevin. We might as well get you started because we've got so much to cover. So Okay, hi. It's great to be back. Can you hear me yes, okay? Kevin. Yes, I can hear you really good. Me too. Good, okay. Great. Where should we start? Okay. <laughs> I, I have, um, I, I put on my Facebook page all the latest uh, news on the Vatican and all the problems that it's having. And, and of course, your, your latest that you had sent out about the... Um, the uh, suing, let me see, what was it? Well, you tell us. Would you mind, Kevin, would you mind giving a little bit of a preview about sort of why you were even there and, um, and that way so somebody new to the story can sort of pick up where you are sure. with this? Sure, sure. I sure can, yeah. Thanks. Um best thing for folks to do is to go to our website, itccs.org, International Tribunal of Crimes of Church and State. At there, you'll see in the last two or three postings kind of the, what's been going on since June 21st in Geneva, where um, a.k.a. Pope Francis, that's Jorge Bogoglio, was slated to go and speak to the World Council of Churches. Now, as people know, um, just by following some of our work, for the last number of years since uh, really uh, 2010 when we set up the tribunal in Europe, there has been incredible amounts of evidence coming both from inside and outside the Catholic Church about the extent of the, not just child rape and abuse, and I don't mean just, those are horrible things, but the system of child trafficking and even satanic ritual killing that's being identified at the highest levels of the, of the Roman Church. And um, the most recent stuff is the present Pope, of course, was brought in as a spin doctor after we forced Joseph Ratzinger to step down. The first court case we brought in, uh, you know, compelled his resignation along with three other cardinals in the Vatican. And uh, in the wake of that, Jorge Bergoglio was brought in to kind of do the, the uh, uh, damage control campaign to make it seem like he was, you know, putting a new face on the church and all of that. In fact, things have been even worse under Bergoglio because for one thing, um, 
he is deeply connected with this network called the Ninth Circle. No, this is a uh, a network that goes back at least 250 years. We've had eyewitnesses who are members of it come forward and talk about it. We've identified it's been referred to in Vatican documents, which were leaked to our tribunal several years ago. And uh, it's basically a child sacrificial network in which every pope and high official is expected to participate. And uh, it was set up by the Jesuits in the 18th century as a means to kind of politically control popes and political leaders. You know, what they often do is bring people to these ceremonies, they entrap them, and then they control them. Um, and and so anyway, that that's part of what ha the background. The um, On June 21st, Bergoglio was slated to speak to the World Council of Churches. Now, his whole thing is now to create one world church under Vatican control. He talks about, you know, under the code word, um, ecumenical relations or ecumenism. He's doing with the other churches what he did with the Church of England uh, and, and his predecessor, Ratzinger, did, which was basically to get them to reaffiliate with the Church of Rome. But that includes their policies governing child rape. There's this infamous policy called Crimen Solicitanus. And you can read the whole thing at our site, murderbydecree.com, in one of the appendices. Basically, it's a policy that says when children are raped in the Catholic Church or in any church affiliated with Rome, the police are not to be told. The whole thing is to be covered up. And, uh, it, you know, it's a huge criminal conspiracy to protect child rapists. And this policy is now governing the Anglican Church as well and any church that affiliates with it. So on the surface, what it appeared to be is that Bergoglio was going to the World Council of Churches gathering to try to get them to, to, to get together uh, and, and to reaffiliate with the Church of Rome. However, as you can see from one of these... Uh, the postings at itccs.org. The same week, there was a uh, referendum going on in Switzerland, uh, and it was basically to establish one bank for the whole country, and that would have excluded foreign banks, including the Vatican Bank, from lend making loans or extending credit. So Bergoglio was there on behalf of the Vatican Bank to make sure that referendum didn't go through, because that would cut off a lot of revenue for the Vatican Bank. And uh, in fact, he succeeded in that. He was meeting with Geneva politicians um, to make sure the referendum wasn't acted on, because it, you know, a majority of the Swiss people wanted that, but that referendum, referendum was basically put on hold. What was significant was that night, June 21st, there was to be a ritual uh, gathering of the Ninth Circle in Notre Dame Cathedral in Geneva, the Catholic Cathedral there. And uh, these politicians and top church leaders were to take part in that. Now, what happened was that one of the common law uh, direct action groups, these common law sheriffs, actually confronted Bergoglio, laid their hands on him, attempted to, uh, in uh, uh, enforce the standing arrest warrant for him. And uh, they got as far as to confront him. The Vatican security then assaulted him, them, and the Geneva police arrested these common law sheriffs after they were worked over, you know, pistol whipped even by these Vatican security. Two days later, when their lawyers got these common law sheriffs out of prison, they then announced they were going to sue Bergoglio because he has what's called command responsibility as a head of that corporation. He is responsible for the actions of his employees. So he's not going to be sued in a European court for aiding and abetting uh, 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 an assault, which was really designed to obstruct justice, to prevent the truth of this from getting out and from the Ninth Circle from being exposed. So that's 
kind of the latest. There's more on that we can talk about, especially related to his upcoming trip to Ireland and how they're shutting down. I mean, there's incredible attacks going on on people in Ireland prior to this guy's visit, but we can talk about that. Well, Kevin, if I may, um, Evelyn, I want it. So what was this, the banking relationship to change from? This is all like, I love, this is all connecting it together in a way that I don't think has been done. Uh, it's been done before, but not in such a way that I could understand it so well. <laughs> and right. uh-huh. I want to make sure I understand it because I'd love to make sure that the broader public is aware of this because it really cuts directly to the heart of what we are witnessing going on around us with this mass genocide and this grab for power that is palpable. And so if you could walk through that real fast again um, and explain, that would be great. Well, really, you know, um, these churches are very big money-sucking corporations. That's really what they're all about. And an example of that is um, in America in 2013, it's the only country in the world where the Roman Catholic Church files uh, tax re- records, uh, you know, that when they, where they file financial statements. And because uh, Vatican Bank is a secret society, you can't monitor them, you can't um, know who their offices are or anything. But in America... They have to file these financial statements. Well, it turns out in 2013, the Catholic Church raised $14.1 billion, if you can believe it. Wow. Wow. In America alone, from their investments, from their donations. Okay. Of that, only 0.6% went to charity. So 99.4% of the income of the Catholic Church in America is going towards what? Well, it's going directly to the Vatican Bank. It's going into a lot of their corporate investments in big pharma, in the arms industry. Uh, They own the largest small arms uh, company in the world, Beretta Limited, 100% owned by the Vatican. Landmine companies, GMOs, Monsanto, you name it, they're in there. My God. And also, and and so it says, yeah, plus there's a thing called the Financial Concordat where tax money from American taxpayers is funneled directly to the Vatican under secret agreements. If you write your congressman or woman and ask them, they probably won't know about it because it's a secret, you know, agreement. So how but it it's work? been in since at what least the, the 1980s. I think Ronald Reagan brought it in. Go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> I'm sorry. What is the mechanism by which that happens? That these payments are made? Uh, there's, Do you know? Oh, it's a, it's a secret. Yeah, it's a secret protocol where um, the the tax money in America, there's a certain amount percentage of it that is literally funded either into the Vatican Bank or to its offshore holding companies. And um, it's really hard to is trace it like an annuity? because they're all secret. Because, I'm sorry. Don't, I keep Pardon going. me, I didn't hear you. It, so is this sort of like an annuity arrangement, it sounds like, from what you're... Um, describing or does it does it change over time or is it is it set somehow and um like do you, where is that what how where is that policy made it, it, it's not a it's not a policy that's the thing to understand about the way the vatican relates uh 
the, it's, it's called a government, right? Uh, they have representation at the United Nations. They're treated like a state when in fact they're not. Um, it's kind of like, I remember a, a lawyer in England described it as a, a Santa Claus state. You know how you tell the kids that there's a Santa Claus. Uh, it's kind of this nice make-believe we all do. Um, right. it, it's the same thing with the Vatican. They're not a government, but they, but they're they're they act like one because they've been given all this informal authority by states around the world. Now, there's reasons for that historically. I mean, a lot of the governments uh, in Europe, especially, were created by the Vatican and their authority, um, and so there's still very close ties. But but the thing to understand is that it's the perfect, and I found this out the hard way when I was a clergyman, uh, every church operates this way. They're tax havens. They don't have to pay taxes. They're not monitored by the government. So they're a, they're a, a perfect medium for criminal activity, uh, money laundering. Right. This has been proved time and again. Um, there's a Washington lawyer, Jonathan Levy, who's been trying to have extradited Vatican officials for many years because of the role in, in laundering money for organized crime. You know, it's it's read a book called In God's Name. It's about the murder of John Paul I in 1978. Uh, he was poisoned after one month in office because he began investigating the Vatican Bank and their ties to the mafia. And uh, he didn't last long. So, I mean, this is really well documented. And yet it's... Um, it's hidden, and of course, when you've got billions of dollars of revenue, you can buy all the media attention and, and spin you want. And so, you know, the world portrays, the corporate world portrays this, the Vatican as this benevolent society, when in fact, it's a criminal organization and the most murderous one in human history if you do a body count. So, it, it, in a way, this stuff shouldn't surprise us if we know anything about its history, right? Right. And, you know, as you're describing the way that the Vatican State works, it, it, it sort of mirrors yeah. what you see happening with the Israeli state. And again, that really ties together a lot of, you know, threads that I, I've never been able to connect in this way before because we see the exact same thing going on with the Israeli state. And all this money, these, you know, this, however, $10 million a day going to Israel and then getting funneled back as bribes to our elected officials and appointed officials. And, and you know, again, it's all driven, it's all driven by the same families, but it's just using another method of, it's just another sort of arm of the whole looting operation. But, you know, I just, yep. it, it, and so this Concordia, it, it was signed and it's a, is it a living yep. document or is it, you know, uh, how, where, under, under what is it enforced? Like, how is that, under, you know what under I'm saying, what like, who knows? Here, like, what are the mechanisms in the United States that would then you know, be serving that function? Would it have to go through the CIA or, like, are you know what I mean? Is this um, like how one? Where could we trace that Do back mean, to? I wonder. You mean that what authority in America would be able to confront this? Is that what you're saying? Right. Or or could be, you know, one, I, I, well, no, who would we point to and say, okay, that's where, that's who's responsible? Well, I mean, 
the reality is is that um, the Vatican was the world's first corporation, and they set the model for corporations. And the thing in a corporation is that LTD at the end, limited, means the officers have limited liability, which is not natural law. Under natural law or the common law, everyone is liable for their actions. If you right. hurt me, then you're responsible. But in a corporate system, trustees and the corporate officers can commit murder and yet not be not be held accountable. We've seen that all over the world. In my work to expose genocide in Canada in the Indian residential schools, we showed that over 50,000 children were deliberately murdered by heads of church and state. Not one of them has ever gone to trial because they're exempt under their own rules. you know. And similarly, in a corporate system, the corporate officers are outside the law. They're their own law. And that corporate system runs every government, every church, every every organization in the world now. So. They have elections, they, they do this this window dressing to make people think that they're free and they have a, there's accountability going on. No, I've been, like in Canada, every member of parliament takes an oath of allegiance to the Queen of England, not to the people or a constitution. Um, there is no accountability at any level, regardless of what gestures are made now and then to convince people that they do have democracy, right? So we live in a corporatocracy and the only accountability happens is when you confront these people directly when you make the citizen arrest when you did well like we've done and convene common law courts outside their jurisdiction and say we stand under the jurisdiction of nature and the common law and you uh, the pope as a man flesh and blood man the queen is a flesh and blood woman they are responsible for the crimes of their organizations that's the only way to do it because if you work in their system we've shown time and again it's rigged and you can't get justice yes. right no that's exactly right wow you got that with such um bravery i mean i cannot imagine the courage it took to go forward with that but wow it really it really does so much to to illustrate the legitimacy of all of this, you know, um, it, it, uh-huh. it just moves us closer to the inability of anyone to, to deny the reality any longer. And so uh-huh. I, I give you, the, you and all involved, a tremendous amount of credit. Do you know why they were going to do the sacrifice that week? Isn't there usually some coinciding event? for which the sacrifice is made? The summer solstice is often a high point in uh, the satanic calendar. Uh, Geneva traditionally has also been a spot for this stuff. Um, So it's a number of different factors. But uh, usually it's interesting because after uh, the the Vatican put out their whole media spin after Bergoglio, they said that the Pope was suffering from health problems, which is often what they say before someone's about to resign. There's so much heat on Bergoglio now and all this uh, evidence of his own criminal past in Argentina under the military junta there. All of that is coming down now, so they may force him to step down soon. Um, And that's a possibility. But anyway, part of their media media spin was that... um, he suffered a fall, and then they created all this fake media coverage that he had spoken to the delegates when, in fact, he hadn't. What um, what we did was um, we showed that uh, he, in fact, is personally liable for this stuff. So they really hurried him back to Rome. He's now under under lock and key until they can figure out what to do. The, the, you see, the, the, the danger for the Vatican here is that he's going to appear next month in Ireland. 
and there is a well-organized network, common law network in Ireland, where they're going to once again attempt to arrest the guy at this mass he's holding in Dublin on August 25th. If we're able to arrest him, and under testimony he begins to describe the Ninth Circle, he's going to implicate a lot of people. So they don't want that. They'd kill him or they'd get rid of him before then, that, like they did John Paul I. But... Um, you know, so this is a bigger network. It isn't just popes are just figureheads; they come and go. But this bigger network we're exposing is is you know they play for keeps. <laughs> right, right. Are these the same people is who are participating at Bohemian Grove this weekend? Yes. Yes, the whole Are Bohemian Grove thing, and that it's all tips of the same iceberg, really. It's it's way, you know, when you say, um, why did they do it? it? Bergoglio, when he made his press statement in Geneva, referred to ecumenism of blood. That's the term he actually used when he was talking about the relations with other churches. We are united in an ecumenism of blood, is what he said. Now, that's a very revealing statement, because they, they yeah, what does that in a nutshell, mean? the reason they, they hold these satanic rituals is they have blood sacrifices to, uh, uh, as part of the agreements. They, uh, they seal it in blood, in a blood offering. Now, of course, that's right in their, their belief. You know, when they, take a, when they drink the communion wine, they believe, literally, that is the blood of Christ. The blood of the innocent will set you free, whether it's a child or Christ or whoever. It's, it's, a, it's a cannibalistic oh, cult. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's right. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. I remember this. I grew up Catholic, and I remember hearing all these things and not knowing what they meant. And now, as you're right. saying them, I'm remembering hearing them. And, and you know, they would just pass right over my head. And now it's just like, oh, my God, this is really what they meant. Because they always said, no, yeah, they really literally. believe it's the blood of Christ. And I was like, what the hell does, like, why, why, you know, anyway, but, this, yeah. Yeah, well, that's why, I mean, perfect sense. That, that's why historically, you see, like with my ancestors, in, in France, they were Huguenots, they were Protestants, and they said, no, the communion is just a symbol. It's not literal. And that's why the church went ballistic and tried to crush the Reformation out of existence, because they were saying to people, no, we're not part of any kind of blood sacrifice. Um, it's a spiritual oh, reality. Yeah. It isn't, it isn't uh, a, a religion of conquest and blood and, and sacrifice of the innocent. It's an old sacrificial tradition that goes back before the Roman Empire. Um, and it, it's it's just carrying on, but um, that's why so much of it goes on. It's it's part of the belief system very much. You have to sacrifice the innocents to seal any agreement, and they were they were going to do that June twenty first. Fortunately, we disrupted that one. Well, now what happened to them when you weren't able to do that, Kevin? Pardon me. Now what happens what happens to them when they weren't able to make their sacrifices like were planned? Well, they, unfortunately, they, they they just move it to another location usually. But um, if if you notice on those postings at ITCCS.org, one of them said that the source we have in the Vatican described to to the ITCCS main office that the security around these Ninth Circle sacrifices hadn't been redeployed yet. So I think that they've got things on hold until they see what happens. They're very concerned about, you know, how more and more people are waking up to this fact, and they're concerned about what might happen in Ireland next month. So I think they're in a state of 
confusion at the moment what to do, whether or not Bergoglio should step down. They're not sure. Well, if he'd step That's down, a wonderful who plan in his place, mm-hmm. Kevin. Who steps in in his place if he steps Pardon down? Me? Who steps in in Pope Francis's place if he steps down? Well, there's two uh, two options. Uh, one of the factions of cardinals, kind of the old line Italian boys, um, they want to bring Ratzinger back. They want uh, really? Pope Benedict to uh, reinstated, believe it or not, and. Um, the other, they have a candidate from uh, Africa, uh, an African cardinal who they nominate. It's going to be one of the two. Uh, you know, again, it's like they they have to keep putting the smiley face, new face on on the old <laughs> thing. But but uh, it doesn't really deal with the with the crisis they're facing, which is that um, you know people are waking up to their criminal nature finally. Um, so. It's like putting a new shade of lipstick on the same pig <laughs> and expecting people to still not think, notice that it's a pig. <laughs> I think uh, Martin Luther 500 years ago referred to papal re- Vatican reform as farts laced with perfume. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So where would they... Would the child for one of these sacrifices be acquired in a particular way? And what what would what can you tell us about how the child would be chosen and what it would be subjected to? Well, it's it's, it's the easiest institution in the world to get children because don't forget that policy I mentioned, crimen solicitanus. Every Catholic in the world is obligated by a direct order from the Pope to help cover up child abuse. So in that environment, children can go missing and nobody will can trace them. We know from two eyewitnesses, uh, Anne-Marie Van Bienberg and Tuss Nienhaus, their statements are up online at itccs.org if you scroll back um, a couple of years. Uh, they described how there's the European mafia who are called Drangheta. It means the octopus. It's kind of like the mob in Europe, heavily involved in arms and human trafficking. And they provide a lot of children because they have clo- the mob and the, and the Vatican and are very close business partners. And they launder money for them and, and vice versa and that kind of thing. But um, Drangheta will get children out of youth detention centers. We know that when they were at Ninth Circle sacrifices happening in the Netherlands and Belgium. Queen Beatrix of Pawn was involved in this network. She was authorizing, according to one eyewitness, she, the children were got from her care. Uh, those who were under her care, these children were provided for um, these human hunting parties in the forests outside Brussels, where children were hunted down and killed. Um, part of the Ninth Circle ritual. So, you know, youth detention centers, orphanages, Catholic uh, care homes, all of that is very easy to get these children and make them go missing after. Sure. You know, Kevin, I, I post, you know, every day I post everything I find on the Vatican or the priests or the nuns and things like this on my Facebook page. And um, I, posted a, a, I posted an article about was none arrested for allegedly helping priests to rape deaf children, and this was in Argentina. And um, this this particular oh, yeah. post, people were very interested. I think it was like last I checked, it was like seventeen hundred people shared that. And I told I told uh, my uh-huh. viewers on Facebook today that I was going to ask you to explain how how much 
are the evil Catholic nuns involved in this pedophilia and satanic rituals all over the globe? This, this was one, that that this article was about the uh, the uh, Japanese nun in Argentina who was accused right. of helping priests rape kids? Right. Uh, because she's taken the fall. They all, you know, they throw a little fish to the crowd, and the priests and the archbishop and the popes get away with it, authorizing it. Um, that's it, it's the norm. The thing to understand is, nuns and priests are expected to go along with it. If you don't, you're excommunicated. So it's the idea that, and they've often said this. Um, you know, there was this William Lynn. He was an art, uh, a monsignor in Philadelphia. He was brought to trial a few years ago for helping traffic children in the Philadelphia diocese. About a quarter of all priests were involved in this, and he was helping cover it up. And he said, on on the witness stand, he said, "There's nothing wrong with raping a child. The problem, it's just a sin that can be forgiven. The problem is to talk about it. That's oh. the crime." I see. That's how these right. people think. So right. that's what you're dealing with. That's the mentality. That is and it's hard for us to, mentality. any normal person, to understand that. Actually, no. no. And, you know, you know, I think it really is, fits well with how the religion is taught because you're taught to suffer and that unless you suffer, you're not, yeah. um, you're not worthy. And so... That's why you never leave like an abusive marriage. You're told to stay, <laughs> right. and that w- it will bring you, you the, closer to you God it. is what you're told. It's like, oh wow, now I get it because it's a total psychosis. I I I, I saw it all around me, and people would go. Yeah, well, that's the thing. thing. And is you go on Sunday, you live your life. And then you go on Sunday, yeah. go do your confession, and you're good. Doesn't matter what you did. <laughs> yeah, and don't forget, you're also you're also raised with the idea of so-called original sin, where every right. child born is assumed to have been in a fallen state, that they're evil. A newborn baby is right. evil in Catholic doctrine. Oh. Now, therefore, right. anything can be done to it to save its soul. All the, the so-called fathers of the church like uh, uh, Thomas Aquinas in the 13th century said kill the body to save the soul like St. Augustine all these guys they're, they're drilling this into everyone's head that yes we can sacrifice babies it'll save their soul no that's a perfect rationalization for all of the sickness child rape wow. it, other thing to keep in mind here too is that if you're a ruler you want to have everybody traumatized. You want to have everybody raped and traumatized at a young yep. age, because that way they're good little sheep. They pay their taxes. They go to war for you. They, they do everything for you. That's it's an ideal system. That's why church and state have always worked together. The church brainwashes and traumatizes everybody in submission, and the state runs the whole game. So, that's why the Vatican is allowed to get away with this shit by government, church, state all over the world. They help each other. Right. You know what else um, about the Catholic Church that makes so much freaking sense is that confession, like your weekly confession as well as your last confession, were very carefully uh, um, conceived because if you think about it, you have all of this royalty and all of these powerful people coming to you confessing what they've done every week. You're <laughs> yeah, yeah. blackmail material. And then 
on the final, like your your last confession, my dad, I remember my dad was like, I need my last confession. Like the guy thought, you know, he was desperate <laughs> for his last confession. And imagine you would find right. out about illegitimate children, right? All this right. stuff you hadn't told through your life, right. all this, where the money is that you hid, where, you know what I mean? All yeah. of these things would oh, yeah. be turned over to the church, and no one else would know because you do it in private. No one else can hear. So right. you are the sole beneficiary of all of that. And it's it's a brilliantly yep. conceived system of organized crime. I just cannot yep. believe right. what it's just. It's the best in the world. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so Kevin, oh, if, somebody, if, if, if a, a woman was a nun for, say, 50 years in the Catholic Church, is there any way that they could be a nun for 50 years and not know all this stuff is going on? No, no, absolutely no, not, hey. because, first of all, no. you can only rise up through the church hierarchy if you're part of it. You, you all know about the Krimendokin, this Krimendok doctrine, which says the first time a child is harmed, you have to cover it up or you'll be excommunicated. God doesn't like a snitch, right? You're going to go to hell wow. if you if you rat out the church's crimes. Um, it's like God himself is aiding and abetting child rape. It, it's kind of like the, that whole idea, right? And, and so, no, you can't be part of a system and not know about it. It's like, in a way, the fallacy of the honest cop, because cops all know, judges all know, it's like a secret fraternity. They know what's going on, but they're pledged to help one another. So, under the law, if you know about a crime and you don't do anything about it, you're aiding and abetting, which is the same as doing the crime under the law. So there is no one who's innocent in the system, because, you know, the honest people are weeded out very quickly. I found that from personal right. experience. Right. right. Wow. No, mm. so anyone still in the church knows exactly what's going on. They're just turning the blind eye. How were the men doing that were injured in the attempted arrest? They're okay. They're okay. They're, they were taken out because lawyers moved in quickly, and they basically said... You know, this is going to go all. This is this news is going to go viral unless you let these guys out now, um, and we're going to sue your ass, which we're go they're go they're going to anyway. But it frightened the, the men to releasing them, and um, one of these guys was badly pistol whipped. He got a dislocated jaw, uh, facial lacerations a little bit. They were they were going to kill them, um, but uh, which what they normally them? would because you see under their doctrine, the. In the, in the Catholic doctrine, the Pope has life and death power over anyone on the planet. He can order the killing of anyone. And um, that's he has command responsibility. That's the basis for suing him in, in court. He, you know, what, these guys would have died if, if we hadn't got them out. So, um, no, but they're determined, like I said, they're going ahead and, and they're going to name Bergoglio as a defendant in a case. Good, good. Um, what's going on? What's the latest on uh, that Cardinal Pell's trial in Australia? I mean, you know, we'd finally get him up there, and then now, and then they made the trial secret and keep out all the media. Do you know what's going on with that, uh, Kevin? First, oh yeah, well, it's the old game they play, where under the guise of a court case, it's just a way to uh, exonerate the guy. Um, you see, here's the other thing about George Pell. He was a senior cardinal who was part of the old Ratzinger crew. He doesn't like the present pope. And 
um, he, his arrest and everything was arranged by the Pope to get rid of one of his opponents in the Curia, in the, among the cardinals, because Pell was fairly senior in the Curia, which is the College of Cardinals in Rome. So it was an in-house move by the Bergoglio faction to get rid of an opponent. That's why he went to trial in the first place. Once he goes to trial, of course, the Vatican can't be implicated. So it's like with the William Lynn case in Philadelphia. The prosecutor in Philly wanted to third-party the Pope because uh, William Lynn was simply acting out a policy that came out of Rome. But the government stepped in, the Attorney General under Obama stepped in and said, nope, you can't third-party Rome. This is just a matter of the Philadelphia Diocese. Same thing with Pell. They've got it under lock and key so that nobody else can be implicated. The Vatican's removed an, inner, an opponent. That's the only reason the guy's trial. But he'll be pensioned off somewhere. These guys haven't done anything wrong in their legal system, right? In, or in their moral, warped moral world. He hasn't done anything wrong. He's just temporarily taken the fall for pol political reasons, right? Yeah. Well, wow. that's what's so discouraging. You know, we can get to these points and then they pull this. I mean, we're thinking, oh, great, we're finally getting one of them to trial, and then the last minute they say that, they're keeping a secret and it's out of the media. Oh, yeah, which is totally illegal. If public trials should, they have no right to keep the public out, something so important to the public welfare. And, um, and yet, this shows you why you can't rely on their court system. Pell should be before a common law court trial. It would be open, public uh, tribunal, sentenced by jury, uh, just like we did in the first two cases where we sentenced Ratzinger to life imprisonment. Uh, and that was a citizen jury. It's, it's a standing arrest warrant against these guys, and Bergoglio knows it, which is why they're so worried. Any court in the world can issue an arrest warrant based on that verdict of our common law court in 2013 really? in Brussels. The common law sheriffs who resulted were simply trying to enforce a lawful arrest warrant on the guy. And uh, they all know it. That's why they, they hide behind, you know, public disbelief and, and you know, they're, they're, they're buddies in government. But they can only do this for so long because people are waking up to the fact that, you know, if the courts and government are involved in this corruption, then we the people, we're the source of sovereignty, like the founding fathers in America said. We're a nation of sovereign men and women who can create our own government or overthrow it if we want to. We can create our own courts of law if the courts are too corrupt. I mean, it's all there in the Constitution. We're just acting on on what's already there, right? Right. right. You know, Kevin, one of the things that I, that I love about, you know, the fact that everyone went forward with this is that it just demonstrates for others who are watching and wondering, you know, if they have the courage or whether or not they really believe that, that we, we can empower ourselves. Um, yeah. And, and that we really do have that authority. The, and so just having that, having that as a real life, you know, modern day experience, um, sends a very powerful message to the rest of yep. the people who are anxiously awaiting, you know, the the example to show them they really can do it. And I think that this this goes a long, long way. And I'm so grateful, really, for all of the work and time and 
risk that went into getting where you are today. And I, I really do hope that we can rally the, the truth and open a lot more eyes. Yeah. And I think my own experience as a Catholic will make it a lot easier, too, because it's like, it all makes perfect sense now. Yeah. It's well, so that, that's right, Trish. And, you know, you, you have a... You have a great responsibility, too, as a former member of that church, to say to the yes. others, look, at a minimum, stop paying money. You're then colluding in a crime if you give one penny to the Catholic Church. Um, we get requests more and more now, especially from America, for copies of our common law training manual. Um, and Establishing Liberty uh, common law training manual is called. You can see it on Amazon under my name, Kevin Annett, along with all the other books that we've done. But people are asking for that manual because it gives step-by-step -step procedure how you set up a common law court and the issues. And, and everyone in their community knows things are rotten. And we need our own system of law now to take back our country. So, I mean, and the world for that matter. Um, right. From these corporate criminals. Right. So just... It's the doing that matters, and um, we've shown in practice it can be done, and now they don't want the example to spread. That's why they spend so much time smearing and attacking me and this whole movement, but that's okay. People are waking up on their own. It's, it's like a hundred brush flowers starting all over. They can't put them all up. Right. You know, I, said, I think people are getting mad at us now. Well, especially me, because I've been on this, you know, going after the Vatican for ever since I started my radio show, you know, three years ago. And um, I yeah. think they view us now when it's happening, like we're to blame that we're destroying their religion. We're destroying the Catholic religion. Yeah. You know, that, that uh, it's our fault, you know, that we're taking them down. Instead of looking at, you know, what's underneath, why they need, need to come down. They look at us like we're destroying their religion. Yeah, blame the messenger. Yeah, it, well, it, they it, have. Yeah. <laughs> right. For sure. Right. right. Do you know the irony? Well, it, it's Kevin? their own children. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Go ahead, I Chris. was just going to say, <clears throat> this is not necessarily relevant, but I'm sort of feeling like, I, I don't know if I had the chance to tell you this, but my family was somehow involved in uh, the financing the Napoleonic Wars. And turns out um, we have a family crest with the Knights of Malta on it. And uh, I don't know what it means. I'm try I still am trying to find the history. But obviously, you know, in the Catholic Church has long been a very big part of my family's history as well. And I'm trying to figure out what that history is. But I have to tell you, and this is very selfish to take up time for this. I, I apologize. But it, it feels, I, I, I feel a little bit like I can redeem our family for their involvement in all of this, perhaps. Mm -hmm. helping to expose it along with you because there's something in my family history that ties that it, them very closely to the Vatican, obviously. Um, and uh, I hope someday to understand what it was, but right now I feel very much obligated to, you know, take a, a very a big role in turning that around. It just sickens me to no end. Well, it, that's the thing, that people who go to that church have to realize it could be your child tomorrow, right? Because if your child is harmed, they're obligated not to tell. And if they do tell, 
you know, they're going to go to hell if they talk about the right. their own child. That's what they'll be excommunicated. That's what they're, they're brainwashed to believe. So if they care about their children, they'll keep them out of those churches. You know, any child, they'll keep children out of those churches. Well, any, I think any church, you know, I mean, we focus on the Vatican because it's got the biggest membership and it takes the most money and everything. But all these religions are cults. And this is going on in, in, in mm-hmm. every one mm-hmm. that I know of. You know, it's not just the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. but the Catholic oh, no. Church. It's just a very it, on the same thing. It's, yeah. it's wider than that. Yeah. Much wider, right. Right, because every religion that I've researched, you know, the same thing is going on in all of them. You know, I was really thinking, yeah, I would like to do a survey of, here in Green Bay, it's a small area, but I don't know how I could do this. I would like to do a survey of 50-year-olds that are Catholic that were altar boys, some kind of confidential Mm -hmm. survey, and find out how many of them were sexually abused in this town of Green Bay. And I'm confident there's, there's plenty, you know, um... But I don't, I'm just kept thinking about this yeah. in the last couple of days, that I would really like to do a survey like that, but I don't know how to set it up right to do it. Uh, my little brother was an altar boy, and he used to regularly comment about the priest, you know, being creepy. And all of us were, like, always trying to get away from our, the priest. They were, you know, always touching you in inappropriate ways and... Wanting yep. time alone with you, it, it, you know, when very young children, and my brother, my brother used to have to fight off the priest every time he um, served yep. as an altar boy, and he he used to get so mad. My dad would make him do it, and he told my dad, but my dad would just kind of brush him off. So it was well. That's I, the thing. You know. If you, if you're a if you're a ch- you're a child rapist you know that you can get ordained as a catholic priest and you'll be protected for the rest of your life you can bugger any kid you want do anything you can kill children and they'll protect you now that who does that attract that's the system <laughs> that's it, uh, the problem right it isn't just bad apples it attracts people who it attracts criminal people yeah right right i mean it's a it's a heaven for uh for um gay priests well, you know what else you just made me think of? Okay, so talk about being, like, you know, up to my armpits in the Catholic Church. My mother was a nun before she married my dad. And she was. Wow. he worked uh-huh. at a home where she said uh, young women who had children they needed to give up for whatever reason would put them in this little bin. It was like this one-way door so that once you put the child in, nobody could see you walking up. And then when they turned it around, they could not see out. Like there was, there was never an opportunity to see who dropped off. And my mother spent her time caring for those babies that came into the convent. Right. And now I'm realizing that they were probably sold, and I'm just so mm. sick. I cannot believe. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me give you an, a oh. recent example. I, I mentioned this earlier in the show, but uh, Bergoglio was supposed to go to to Ireland in August, and I'll tell you what's happening. The Irish government is spending 20 million euros on this idiot's visit to Ireland. Um, wow. They've taken anyone 
who's in low-income housing in, in the area around Dublin where they're going to hold the mass, they've evicted over a thousand poor people from their homes so that you know, local uh, entrepreneurs can make a buck out of all the tourists who are going to come and see the Pope, right? They've taken these home people, made homeless, and they're going to put them in prison. Okay, these low-income families have been evicted, and now they're going to rot away in prison while the Pope is in the country. Okay, they've gone into the villages where the Pope is going to appear. This is a town called Knock, K-N-O-C-K, uh, Knock in, in Western Ireland. And the police are monitoring everybody in town. They're knocking on their doors. They're monitoring the movements of everyone because they know that there's going to be an arrest warrant, an, another arrest attempt made on Bergoglio. And the whole country is a police state whenever this idiot shows up. And people are very pissed off, and they're going to be doing something about it when it comes. But it shows you the level of paranoia and fear operating you know, among these people. Wow. Wow. How many residents were evicted? Over a thousand. Uh, that's what we've heard. Uh, these are poor people in Dublin, uh, and they wanted their homes. You know, the Catholic uh, the, the Catholic Church is one of the biggest slum landowners in Dublin. A lot of the slum land they, they were evicted by the church themselves. Um, the Archbishop Dermot Martin, Archbishop of uh, Dublin, he uh, he ordered these evictions from Catholic housing because you know they want to make a buck in the we're all expendable. Then they got the, the, the police yeah. to say, oh yeah, lock them all up. I mean, it, it shows you how corrupt and inhuman the whole system is, you know. The worst hypocrisy in the world. I can't think of a more criminal, hypocritical institution, you know. It's a sickening. Yeah. Right. Let me ask you about another thing, changing subject a little bit. Um, now, you know, I post everything about the Vatican, about the Pope, about all the corruption, about all the pedophilia. Now, now, President Putin, I had a, I have an article that I had posted that says Putin slams Pope Francis. He's not a man of God. Um, do you oh, believe yeah, that? I just you, saw that. Do you believe that Pope Francis? Do you believe that? Do you believe that the Pope is is against the Vatican, against the Pope? Or is this all still? Who uh, Vladimir Putin? Oh yeah, he. That was a very good statement he made about about Francis not being a man of God. I mean, the thing to understand, of course, is that. Putin is in the Russian, is the Orthodox Church, and that's outside the Roman system. And the Vatican and Russia are real big enemies. Um, historically, they have been. Uh, in that one of the cases I'm working with, we're helping set up a common law court in Serbia, because during the 1940s, the Vatican killed off almost a million Serbs in a, in a death camp called Jasanovic, run by Franciscan bishops. And it was in Croatia, and they killed all these Serbs with a direct order from Pope Pius in Rome to kill as many Serbs as they could because they were Orthodox. They were not Roman Catholics. And Putin is not stupid. He knows this. He knows what a threat Vatican represents. So he has actually been working behind the scenes in, in a number of good ways. Uh, which I can't really disclose, but but it's it's obvious that he and Vatican are at loggerheads, um, and and uh, we're we're glad that there's a power in the world that is actually still opposed to Rome, because in the West they're all lined up in you know in, in the Vatican camp. Okay, and so and Putin says that the West is run by Satanists, pedophiles. And he's right. That's it exactly is true, right. You know. But um, I wanted to get your opinion on it, if this is for real, you know, that him going up against the Pope, you know, because people always, of course, wait, especially now, you know, that old people are, are like uh, Putin, you know, 
because they they just like him, you know, over Trump and all this. But that's not true. I like what Putin has to say, you know, that he's against the pedophiles, the Satanists, and and the Vatican. You know, but I want to get I, it from I, you. I haven't seen that statement real. by him, but I but I but I agree with his statement that that Western governments are run by Satanists. Yes, uh, that's exa- that's exactly the case, and it's refreshing to hear somebody say that at that level. No, don't forget, of course, Russia has a, a very good intelligence network, and in fact, they know these things. This isn't just idle talk. They know from experience the nature of Vatican-run governments and, and the Vatican itself as a satanic body. Um, right. And so it's in their own interest to expose this stuff, and I'm glad he is saying all this. Sure, and and you know it was a few years ago when he you know banned all ad- adoptions of of, um, of any Russian child right. in the United States, you know, and I'm sure that's to keep them yeah. away from these filthy pedophiles, protecting these infants from from the U.S. pedophiles. Yeah. Well, ultimately, people need to take their own action to stop this. If you know. If there's any Catholic priest in your neighborhood, he's potentially, he's part of a criminal conspiracy, and the children in your neighborhood are not safe. So we have to monitor these priests, we have to make citizen arrests if we, you know, in citizen arrest laws, they've been broadened recently, uh, in Canada and America, before you had to have seen a crime in order to detain someone in a citizen arrest. Now, all you have to do is even suspect that somebody is a danger to another in the community, and you can detain that person. Well... Under the laws in America and Canada, you can now detain Catholic priests as people who are part of a proven criminal conspiracy. You can ban them from their neighbor. You can do whatever you want. And that's not, an, not a, a, a religious act. It's a, it's, it's, it's a lawful act. Because don't forget, this, this policy of criminal solicitanus, it's telling every Catholic in America to, defi- to perform treason against the laws of your own country, to follow a Vatican policy rather than the child protection laws in your own country. You know, it's it's a treasonable institution. It's telling people to subvert the laws of their own country. Right? right. Kevin, right. a right. practical question. So for people who want to, to pursue this path of attempting citizen arrest, where do you, yep. where, where, if you say you would successfully make a citizen's arrest, where do you detain that person? Two things to do. You, you, uh, you put the police on notice that you're doing it. You deputize them, and we've done this successfully in a number of places. You actually go to the police and deputize them as common law peace officers and, and say, we want this person detained in your jails. And if you're not, we're going to detain them in our own facilities. Uh, and it, it works in America because under the common law, county sheriffs are elected by the people. They can be deputized at any point. Well, great. Well, thank you so much, Kevin, for coming on. I'm so honored that you take the time out of your busy schedule to come on. And Trish, thanks a lot for okay. stepping in. Murderbydecree.com. Thank you. Okay, people. Well, we'll see you next week, people. Bye. I hear screaming on the left, yelling on the right. I'm sitting in the middle trying to live.